Welcome back to Unduly Noted Under Siege, week 11. 11, Ryan. Week 11. I know. Every I time your, you start your... this, it makes me more depressed when you... <laughs> the fog may be lifting, but I'm still wearing a it's mask. Been I'm, seven I'm, I'm Neil hours and fifteen days. <laughs> um, I'm still wearing a mask. I'm Neil Turrets. This is Ryan Beeman. This week we're going to be talking about the trip to Greece. Uh, a lot of important headlines. Well, I say important, definitely uh, controversial. But well, important. But first, on the brink of breaking up. A couple gets unintentionally embroiled in a bizarre murder mystery. As they get closer to clearing their names and solving the case, they need to figure out how they and their relationship can survive the night in Michael Showalter's The Lovebirds. I love you. Police officer! He's a criminal! Move, move! She's running too now. Kind of slow, like she's wearing heels that look actually amazing. We have to go to the police because we have nothing to hide. Why is she running from the scene of the crime? Good question, officer. That's me covering up my body cam so I can beat your ass. We're so fucked. We just need to find the guy the police are looking for. Do you suggest we actually go out there and solve a murder? It's locked. You and I have been talking about this movie for months because the trailers were so awful and so unappealing that we both talked about how much we were not looking forward to seeing this movie. Well, Correct? it was yeah, and also not only did the trailers look bad, uh, the pairing of Kumail Nanjiani and Issa Rae was like to me they're they're two people who always come off like I deserve to be a celebrity whenever yes, I see yes. them, you know? They, <laughs> oh my God, yes. They both have this kind of like really uh, just a bit of, uh, I don't really know the word for it, but both of them just kind of come off like, yeah, I'm famous and I deserve There's to be famous. There's an entitlement. There's an entitlement they both there have. There is a huge and entitlement find- ship they both have in interviews and everything I see them with. I have found that Kumail Nanjiani worked very well on um, that HBO show. Um, uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, Silicon Valley. Right. Because he was part of an ensemble. And he worked very well in The Big Sick because, again, while it's his movie, he's surrounded by great talent. Ray Romano. Holly and, Hunter. Uh, and Holly Hunter. And uh, Zoe. Um, not Cassavetes. Zoe Kazan. Uh, these people around him made it easy. He made him more palatable. Like him carrying a movie doesn't make any, a whole lot of sense to me. And I'm actually interested in seeing him in, in that Marvel movie coming out next year, uh, The Eternals, because it's not his film. He's one of the Eternals, so it's okay. And I have, I'm on record here numerous times saying I don't understand the appeal of Issa Rae. I just don't get it. 
I, I don't think she's funny. I don't think she's terribly. I mean, look, my my personal taste. I don't find her attractive. I don't find her appealing in that way. Well, but that's that the weird mean thing, anything. though. Every movie plays her as. Every movie seems to have some scene where she has some state of undress, as if yeah, we're watching a yeah, hot and, girl get undressed. It's kind of like and, it's that kind of ego mania thing that they had in Girls, where Lena Dunham always had to get naked. You're just like, I don't need this. Um, yeah, every I movie mean, Issa Rae's in, I feel like lately we've seen. Uh, what was the last one we reviewed of hers? The not the Notebook. What's it called? The the letter. Well, there was the, the, that horrible. Hor- oh yeah, there was the, the the no the letter. The it's not the letter the, though. I can't remember the name. It's you, the one with the Keith Stanfield. Yes, that we both you know what I'm talking them. about. Yeah. But that yes. one had yeah, scenes yeah, yeah. too, where it's like, ooh, she's taking her clothes off. I'm like, great. Yeah, <laughs> and, and cool. the thing is, look, ultimately, ultimately. I was so dreading this movie because it looks so awful. And my six-word review is not painful, not really funny either. It's not a funny movie. I laughed once. I laughed exactly once, and that's the scene in the car, in the Uber when she starts singing the Katy Perry song. And he's like, I'm not singing because I know that whenever I'm in the bad mood that you think I'm going to start singing along, and they start singing Firework. And that, for whatever <coughs> reason, I found charming. And there is a neat twist at the police station at the end with the detective. Is there? <laughs> well, I, well, to me, it was a little bit because it was one of those things they've been, you know, with, I don't want to spoil anything, but they've been running for their lives the whole night. And then the detective says something. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that no, actually is kind of. Exactly. That, that was, that, there was, I'm not going to, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, for being such a shitty movie, that was one of those things where I said, you know what? That actually logically makes sense. And I don't remember the last time I saw that in a movie. So that impressed me. It Do you does understand? if it played. Here's the thing. Michael Showalter of the state and more importantly, what I want to point out from the. And he directed the big sick too. From the mini group uh, within the state called Stella. Uh, right. This, if you'd done that without the two leads playing this so straight the whole time, that scene would have played like a really longer, funny Stella sketch. Um, Stella always played like kind of over the top stuff in their sketches and, and took stuff to like an absurd level too far. That was really, really funny. Showalter knows funny. Let's put that on the table. Well, again, um, he directed The Big Sick and that's a good movie. <clears throat> I wouldn't call it really a comedy though. Like he really knows comedy. Like his stand up is funny and everything. Um, yeah. But he. They do some weird stuff here. Um, there's, I, first of all, did you understand anything about the frat boys being brought into the whole situation? No, no, like no that, it made zero sense. Yeah, nope. I have that in my notes. That zero I, sense. I don't understand where that played. It, it seemed at some point it was going to have a payoff. It, it didn't, I, I put that on the producers for not, or the writers for not really writing that in um, because it, it seemed like they just went to the frat boys' house so they could make a bunch of jokes about frat boys and roofies and them being date rapists. But all we ever really saw them do was listen to Third Eye Blind and wear baseball caps. I don't know why they were such horrible people. Um, then, like, they see... There's some other weird stuff, like, where you're taken out of the movie. Like, they, they, they get all these weird clothes to wear because their clothes are dirty and have blood on them. This cop pulls by and... She's wearing a fucking unicorn hat. She's looking like a unicorn, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's wearing, and he looks like a total. He's yeah, wearing he looks a like shiny a gold jacket. And when the cop pulls yeah. by and looks at him and he drives by, they go, oh, it's just racist cops. And I'm like, I don't even think he's looking at your race. You're dressed as a fucking unicorn. Like, I don't know what part of that you guys forgot. Um, 
It, yeah, I it also, it's it's one of those movies where, like, they try to make up their own thing and laugh at their own thing. They keep, they, someone drops the line, don't piss on my back and tell me it's raining. This line oh, yeah. gets yeah, repeated. Anna Camp says that, yeah. And it gets repeated again and again and again as if it's a real saying that they're mocking. And I'm just like, you can't just make up a line that I've never, I mean, you tell me, I've never heard that said before. Have you? I have heard, well, I've heard don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. Okay. Well, then maybe I have it heard is that, a thing. And I have, I have not only heard that, but I've said it. So that I was okay with. And I'm actually kind of stunned that you have never heard that because that sounds like stunned. exactly the kind of thing you would say. Everybody, if you want to stun Neil Turrets, tell me you haven't heard about the pissing on the back. Well, just that you hadn't heard it because, again, I feel like it's the kind of thing you would say. Tell Don't me this. Don't on my leg and tell me it's you, raining. That's something I would – that's my vernacular. Um, yes. Tell me this. Did this not feel like just like a retread of date night? It felt like a retread of a lot of things. Yeah. I mean that's just it. Is It's basically – this is this is one of those movies where the writer said let's take – this from this movie and this from that movie and this from the third movie and put them all together and you've got something funny. Except it's not funny. There's nothing funny in it. I mean, the fact that I found this one scene in the back of an Uber or a Lyft, actually it was very specifically a Lyft. They must have gotten product placement from Lyft to do that rather than Uber throughout the movie. Because they consistently say Lyft, 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 and never Uber. So there's that, yeah. um, which I just realized. But I mean, if you've got in the back and the fact that that she gets him to sing a Katy Perry song, and I actually, for some reason, found that charming, I thought, well, Jesus, this is really not a funny movie. Compared to the movie we're going to review later, which is unbelievably funny. And this movie, seeing them back to back, I was like, I'm glad I saw this one first. Because if I'd seen this, the other one first, and then this, I would have been. I just would would have wanted to kill myself. Oh, I saw them in the reverse. And oh wow! Oh, I'm sorry. That's a shame. Um, <laughs> that's that's really a shame. Both date night and this have a situation where they have to go see the hot IT guy. Um, at least in date night, they made it Mark Wahlberg and kind of really played on it with him not wearing a shirt and stuff, and made it a funny scene. Made it a funnier scene that that made Steve Carell's character very vulnerable and stuff oh, because he's right. in You're comparison saying, to him. In this one, you said. Yeah, they go see Keith, and yeah. Keith is just, just a guy. just some guy that for some reason just Camille, some guy, not Johnny's all jealous about, and he's just some guy who, by the way, apparently steals lines from Cat Williams. Yes, like yeah. what? Why Cat Williams? And the weird thing, yeah, they they bash him because a Cat Williams is the comic who apparently he steals lines from, but then the only scene we play with Keith, all he does is actually validate Camille and Issa's relationship. It doesn't play well like there needs to be a payoff there and there's not a payoff there 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 are two things here one you said date night and for some reason i heard you say game night but they're basically both they're similar movies so it's the 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 app the the analogy applies to both that's one two um i am i i don't understand the writer's uh trope of creating a male character who is so jealous of the other guys in the partner's life that all it does is make the male character unappealing. Right. I don't like this guy right off the bat because he's jealous of some hot IT guy. And it's like, you know what? You've been together for years. Have some fucking balls. Like, don't... Jealousy is such a stupid... Jealousy is a stupid emotion to have anyway, just in general, in real life. But in a movie, I don't understand the writers who continue to think that this is an appealing trait 
for one of their characters. And then somehow, like, we're going to see the arc where at the end they're not jealous or their relationship is, as you said, is validated. You've you've started from the fact that at least let me like the person at the beginning right. and then we see their arc rather than me instantly disliking him because he's pissing and moaning about some other guy who he thinks his partner is attracted to. And I mean, you're dead. Well, on. you're dead right. Is that like some relationships will have elements of jealousy in them, and and in, in small doses it's fun and, and whatever. But um, that's fine. You would not get to year four though with the problems this guy has. You know what I mean? And they are constantly both of them are such whiny babies. Yes. Agreed with that completely. Let me let me ask you this question too. This goes back to our we've had the age old complaint on this podcast about characters doing stupid things for the mere sake of moving the movie forward. This movie's one of my one of my prime prime issues with movies in general. This, yeah, this movie's full, chock full of that. Chock full. They, chock full. They talk about how they can't go to the <laughs> cops, but then they go to their friend's party, and instead of asking for help or confiding to them, they spend like two minutes going into this fake story about joining a boxing class. It is so ridiculous. If I went to a dinner party and I was dealing with this shit and I couldn't go to the cops and I said, guys, this is going to sound crazy, but look at my face. This is what is happening. Can anyone help us? Exactly. Exactly. But here's the thing. Not only not only do they not tell the true story to these close friends who they've known for a good chunk of their lives, we would think. um, Not only do they lie to them about this boxing class, but then within minutes they say, hey, can I borrow a tuxedo, which, by the way, That's right. fits, <laughs> I know. fits perfectly on him. M- meanwhile, meanwhile, how about Keith, the IT guy, having with him all of the, the stuff tools needed to, break to into crack open iPhone. the phone? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Just happened to break. He's got all the cords and the program, yeah. and he happens to have his laptop with him. It's like, oh, I'm running this He's program, like, and blah, 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 yeah, blah. I'm going to a dinner and party it- tonight. What should I bring? <laughs> Um, I should bring all of my stuff to crack open an iPhone just in case. Just in case a problem comes up. I want to be able to MacGyver my way into a phone fantastic. just to get in the pants of this woman I work Neil, with you don't who's got this Pakistani boyfriend. That. You don't want to go to the party and then someone needs you to break into an iPhone and you're caught with your pants down. You know, Ryan, it's the, old, it's the old thing. Better to have and not need yeah. than need and not oh, have. You don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> But, Obviously, um, but here's the other part I love, and here's the challenge I present to you, Neil Turrets. If someone gave you 24 hours and said, "Go find a friend of yours with a tuxedo that fits you perfectly," with no agenda, like you have nothing going on, the you just have 24 hours. Let's say there's no pandemic, anything. Could you do that? Well, I own a tuxedo. Let's say Does you don't count? own one. You have to get one from a friend, like in the movie. In the movie, they find one in about second. 12 minutes. You're. I don't own a tuxedo. What am I, a farmer? That's crazy. What kind of person would I be if I didn't own a tuxedo? You'd, you'd be me. Well, there I don't you go. Know. I have several po- suits. I, think, I don't have a tuxedo. I believe, I believe my point has just been made. So, <clears throat> okay, to answer your question, yes, I could find somebody with a tuxedo, although I don't know that it would fit me all that well, this but I could find somebody. when he puts it on. Yeah. Perfect. Well, obviously, it's a fucking stupid movie. Yeah. We've just covered, we spent the last 10 minutes talking about that. Also, other than, other than to make... The weird thing is this. The funniest joke <laughs> yeah. in the trailer is when she said, this is some Hands Made Tale bullshit. And they changed they it. They changed it in the movie, which yes. which is funny because I'm like, that's the funniest line in the trailer. Um, what is that scene? What did that scene do to move the movie forward other than to have that joke? It does nothing. At the end of the scene, I was like, we just spent like five minutes here. I don't More know why. There, there are whole sections of the movie. 
that cl- seem to be there as gags rather than to move the plot along. Yeah, like the bacon, the grease I face mean, and all that. The, I was just going to say that is the other one of the other lines and best lines in the trailer is I don't want grease in my face yeah. when he does her accent. Uh-huh. And then he gets kicked in the chest by the horse and says, take the grease. But that. I mean, that's the thing is it's one of these movies where anything that's funny in the movie has been seen in the trailer. And but those scenes don't actually mean anything. Like there's no reason for these scenes to be there because they don't progress the plot even remotely. You know what scares me? I wonder if this came in theaters, if this would have been a hit. This seems like the kind of stupid movie that for some reason makes money. That's it. But you know what? At the same time, though, it was not nearly as painful as something like Love Wedding Repeat. Agreed. Which was just painful to watch. There's something almost harmless about this that if you wanted to watch some kind of weird romantic comedy with some action in it, you could have it on in the background and it wouldn't kill you. Yeah. Like, that's the best thing I can say about this movie. I'll, like, literally in my review, it says not painful. I'll put my car in reverse not. on this and say that. The, one of the best things about this movie, it's 86 minutes. It's not even an hour and a half. Yeah, and, that's right. It's short and quick. And, and I will tell you, I put it on uh, Thursday night at midnight when it came on and it flew. Like it, it at, at no point did I think, oh, God, like it was not it wasn't a slug to get through. It wasn't painful. If there's anything I can say, Showalter um, is keeps very, things moving. Yeah. Keeps things moving yeah. the whole time. That I will say is a talent for sure. Um, I just wish this movie had been funny and a little more clever because his comedy and he the the problem with this we're not talking about a shitty director or a shitty team here. Showalter's a huge talent, huge, and yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's what makes this disappointing is when you see someone hit way under the mark that they deserve to hit. That's my. I wonder search. if this was a pay. I wonder if this is a paycheck gig for him. I wonder if this is the kind of thing where it's a studio film. It was a Paramount movie. And I wonder if they said, we've got this script. We've got these things. We need a good comedy director. And they went to him and said, we'll pay you an assload of money to go to New Orleans and shoot this movie for us. I wonder if, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, I, that, that would make sense to me. They made a big point of showing off New Orleans as well. So for the tax breaks yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's it. I think it's two thumbs down, right? Yep. Got the, he got that right. They won from me. Speaking of New Orleans, um, all right, there's no real good segue for this. Hode, kick up the music. <laughs> I, you've been on a run lately with games. So this when week, I am actually, I almost, I mean, you you keep saying I've got a game before I can introduce my own game. So I think I may have to, you know, I may have to bring my own game I'm next having, week well, for you. Well, here's the deal. Let me tell you, over the pandemic, a lot of times I, I have some free time, right? Probably too much. And... Um, I, I go on YouTube and I, I, I watch some old episodes of, uh, of certain programs and it gives me some things, <laughs> some ideas. So here we I go. I bet you watch a lot. Are you watching a lot of Moonlighting? This, no, I haven't watched. Well, you have to understand this. I've already watched the whole series probably seven or eight times. Um, yeah. Here we go. This week's game is called L.A. New York. I'm going to list a movie and Neil Turek <laughs> has to tell me if it's based in Los Angeles or New York, some harder is, than others. Is Escape from Is Escape from New York or Battle Los Angeles or either of these? It's on the funny because there's a joke I almost put Escape from New York at one point. <laughs> um, which would be funny if I told you where the movie was shot, if that was part of it, because Escape from New York, as we all know, was shot in St. Louis. Um, so here we go. Is that true? Yeah, I never that's true. That. There was a big, uh, yeah. there was a huge fire in St. Louis that burnt out like six square blocks. 
And so, oh wow! And they went and shot there. Yeah, that's Deborah funny. Hill found funny. out about this. Went over and looked at it. And she goes, "This is great." And they went and shot there. Um, meanwhile, by the way, meanwhile, I love the fact that you said, "Speaking of New Orleans." Yeah. Well, there's no easy way to segue this. So here's our I, game, I New York or yeah, LA. I thought I was going to have a clever, <laughs> speaking of one city, here's two other things. Here we go. Neil Turritz right. has 20 questions, and he has to get 15. Number one, Blade Runner. Los Angeles. Correct. Number two, Boomerang. Boomerang is New York. Correct. Number three. 13 going on 30. That's New York. Correct. Number four, John Wick. John Wick is New York. Correct. You're on a roll here. Number five, Blade. Oh, boy. Uh, Well, there's a subway in Blade, so I'm going to say New York. Incorrect. It is Los Angeles. Uh, Oh, shit. All right. Number six, Gods and Monsters. Oh, that's Los Angeles. Correct. Number seven, two weeks notice. Uh, two weeks notice is, is, oh wait, that's Sandra Bullock. That's New York. That is correct. Number eight, Sliver. Oh, that's New York. Easy. Correct. Number nine, Cadillac Man. Ugh, what a horrible movie that is. Uh, is it New York State or New York City that matters? Is it just... New York City. It's New York City? Well, uh, as long as it's not Los Angeles. As long as it's not Los Angeles. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say Cadillac Man is New York. That is correct. Yeah, because I think it's like Queens. Doing very well so far. Doing very well so far, Neil Turrets. Thank you, Ryan B. Coming into the first band, Barton Fink. Oh, that's Los Angeles. Correct. Mannequin. Mannequin's New York. That is incorrect. It is Los Angeles. Uh, but no, it takes place at, it's me, it's a, it's a, whatchamacallit of Macy's. It's Los Angeles. Uh, it's downtown Los sure? Angeles. I looked all these up. Number all right. 12. All right. You've only missed two. Number know, 12. still. When Harry Met Sally. Oh, that's New York. That is correct. That's easy. Number 13. A thin line between love and hate. That is a horrible, horrible movie. It's a Martin Lawrence uh, film. Martin Lawrence vehicle. I know. And uh, he wrote and directed it. Yeah. It's Martin Lawrence's Vanity Project with Lynn Whitfield, who is gorgeous in it. Um, I'm going to go New York. Incorrect. It is Los Angeles. <laughs> Shit. Eight millimeter. That's Los Angeles. That is correct, sir. All right. Come to the final bend. Collateral. Oh, that's LA. That's correct. Shop Girl. Shop Girl is New York. No, 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 LA, it's LA, it's LA. I corrected it. I corrected it. I corrected it. It's LA. We're going to give it to you. We're going to give it to you. I corrected it. The Fisher King. Before you said anything. That's New York. The Fisher King is New York. You're lucky of a nice... Very loving co-host, Neil Turrets. <laughs> sure, let's go with Number 18, nice and loving. Sure. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, that's New York. That's, of course, New York. Yes. Number 19, Cruel Intentions. Uh, New York. That is correct. Last but not least, number 20, Horrible Bosses. 
Los Angeles. Correct. Neil Turrets. You 17 out of 20? 17 out of 20. That is correct. So even if even if I'd gotten Shop Girl wrong, I still pass. Still would have passed. I, still would have passed. I pass. still pass. Yes. So, Everybody, so Neil Turrets wins. Yes. Let's play some, Thank you. some championship Thank you music. Hoday. Thank you. I will take the, the Hosannas and the flowers and all the things. Yes. Mostly, Thank you. Mostly the Hosannas. Uh, Neil Turrets, how was your week this week, sir? Well, uh, let's see. Still no Rick Moranis sightings. I'm a little worried about him. Um, I, uh, I, am, I fear he may have the COVID. I fear there uh, may have been corrective measures taken, but go on. I have no evidence of this, of course, but I am a little concerned. Um, I, uh, let's see. I, I, went on a, I went on an actual walk date there with somebody. There it is, folks. Been waiting for this. Go on. We went on a walk. We we had masks on. We stayed six feet apart. We did not actually uh, we did not actually touch. We bumped elbows at the end. Which but we celebrity did not did you actually, tell her you know, you met? I didn't. <laughs> I did not tell her. <laughs> you didn't about celebrities I met. No. All right. Um, but that I actually had. I, yet I've had a couple more video dates with that. This woman. reminds me of a conversation I had once with Sean Connery. <laughs> you, I've never met Sean Connery. I know. I've met I've met Eric Clapton. All right, but well, not there Sean it Connery. is, folks. There. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have asked for that to be any better. All and right. Mel Gibson too, actually, before he started spouting about how much he hated Jews. Oh, well, of course. Um, now it's the hip, um, now you're the hipster name dropper. You're like I, I, I hung up Mel Gibson before it became I will cool. Say the one the one I had the walk date with. She's lovely. She lives in my neighborhood. She's lovely. But I have to say that I actually have gone out on several video dates uh-huh. with the woman in Brooklyn. Uh, and we are actually talking about going on a hike next weekend. All right. Of actually meeting in person. So, uh, yeah, so stay tuned. But certainly the one in Brooklyn, uh, you know, we had a two hour video date last night, which was actually quite a lot of fun. Awesome. Anything else? Yeah. Um, otherwise, just a pretty humdrum week. I mean, just kind of, uh, I, I, oh, the one thing that's interesting is I've been dealing with uh, the New York State with unemployment because they basically, with this, the, the, the law they passed, freelancers are suddenly allowed to apply for unemployment. So I applied and there was clunky wording on one of the questions. So they said, you're not eligible. So I talked to a friend, they said, just apply again. So I went through it again and I've been jumping all through these hoops and now actually they're, they're, they're after not being responsive for the first six weeks, of the whole process, you know, nine, 10, 11 weeks ago. Uh, now suddenly I'm getting a lot of back and forth. It's very interesting the way the whole process works out. I haven't done an unemployment since 2008. I would say the process is a mess because did I tell you this? I got like a little check from, uh, did- it's tiny, but for the, whatever it's called, the everyone gets a check thing. The Oprah the, Trump thing, the surplus, sur- the yeah. the uh, the and the, I'll, just, we'll call it? I'll yeah. just say I stimulus I, stimulus check yeah, yeah stimulus check I do not qualify for it at all. Well, here's my question: Did you was it a small check in the size of the check was really small, or was the amount of money small? The amount of money was small. It wasn't so it was a regular honest, size check. It wasn't even a check. It was a deposit in my bank account. And what I was, was like, it, 35, 40 bucks? Uh, I mean, a little, it was like a little more. <laughs> I, I don't want to give yeah. the exact amount, but it was a little bit no, more. No, 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 of course not. It was, course it, not. It, let's say this, less than 200, but it was also like, why? Because I did not qualify. So, yeah. 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 well, I don't know. Um, and the unemployment is different from the stimulus check, like, but still, it's, it's like, one what, of those things. 40 million people now are unemployed? 
It's insane. Yeah, yeah it's, it's insane. insane number yeah. of people. Um, so what about you? How's your week? Uh, busy with work. Nothing really to r- report. Um, t- here in Texas, they here's the crazy thing. They just opened bars uh, this Friday. And, yeah, that's um, crazy. And, well, here's the crazy thing, though. Um, they open bars. Well, two things. One, they open bars, and they're like bars open on Friday, and then they show. So, so what you're saying is, wait, time out. What you're saying is they've opened bars. So on the news, <laughs> they uh, they show that instead of people going to the bars on Friday, at twelve o'clock Thursday night, they opened bars, and they showed on the news like at twelve ten these bars that were just fucking packed, and you're yeah. just like, wow, you guys can't. Can't wait till tomorrow. You have to be here from midnight this to, is, to two. To this is tonight. Darwin's. Um, this is Darwin's waiting room. The is what other, we're the crazy thing though is that numbers have so far. We've had stuff. We opened gyms this week too, um, and so far numbers have not spiked as much as possible. Now I will tell you for myself. I've already made the conscious choice today. While we're, we're it's May twenty third, I'm not going out into a public restaurant or anything till end of June. I'm going to give this. Five or six weeks, see how things play out, and then I'll make a decision. But I'm, I'm glad there's a, a lot of a uh, lot of guinea pigs, you know, test subjects. I have basically I've been doing some takeout. I have been doing. Oh, you've I been do doing takeout a lot of takeout. every day. Every been, day I do you takeout. do takeout all the time. I know you post about it on Facebook. I've been doing limited takeout here and there because I'm still doing a lot of cooking for myself. All right, but I do some takeout, and I've been fine. Or and I think cook cooking. Okay, well, cocaine too. Because right. why not? I'm home alone. Hey, you know. I gotta have something to keep me out in Rome. Sure. So, um, but that's about it. You want to uh, jump into some headlines here? Oh yes, one other thing. I actually did go to the doctor this week and got tested for herpes? antibodies. Oh, antibodies. Okay. And <laughs> no, no, no. Herpes. I was tested for before. Okay. We've, t- we've covered this. Um, I uh, I have not heard. I thought I was going to hear yesterday, and I have not heard. So I imagine right after Labor Day, he's right after Labor Day, right after Memorial Day, he's going to call up and say, "Hey, you don't actually have any. You're negative, et cetera, et cetera." Did I would, you know, I think I feel like it's po- possible I could come up positive for antibodies, but I don't know. Did he give we'll you see. a quote unquote lotion for the antibodies? It's like you were there. Yeah. Um, do they give out Do they give out Valtrex for antibodies? I have no idea. I, I would like to go do the test just to, you know, kind of clear myself. You don't, you don't know what Valtrex is? I don't know what Valtrex is. What's Valtrex? Valtrex is the uh, is the drug. It, no, no, no. Val, the, 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 the joke is always funnier when you have to explain it. Valtrex is the drug they give oh, you when you have herpes to oh. try to control it. Also, yes. it's yeah, for shingles and cold sores and genital herpes, so not just one kind. It can also treat chickenpox. I've had chickenpox before. Do you have chickenpox? <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah, we had an outbreak like in second grade. Yeah, and then you know it was right. great. All the parents on my block, uh, because I was stuck at home with real bad chicken pox, they brought me all their kids Atari games, and I got to play Atari, and all those kids hated me. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. And that, so so that basically <laughs> sets you up for the rest of your life. Just kind of being awesome. Uh, <laughs> Not where I was going, but sure. Okay, let's get some headlines music. Here we go. First up, we got some good ones this week. Uh, the new yeah, trailer dropped for Tenet. And um, Neil Turrets has some breaking news on this, but uh, the interesting thing is there was two different versions of the end. One said the date, and then one said only in theaters. So, well, here's here's what I heard last night. Okay, this is what I heard. I literally heard this last night from a friend who will remain nameless, Um, but. 
The plan is that Christopher Nolan has said this movie is going to be in theaters in July, period. Hell or high water. And he, hell or high water, this movie is coming to theaters. Now, here is what the plan is. My understanding is that because theaters are essentially going to be empty, Tenet is going to open on something like 15,000 screens. It's going to have a monopoly of all the screens that are open in America. And every screen and every multiplex will be playing it at staggered times all 24 hours a day to let limited numbers of people come in to see it for each show and people and there will be a constant steady stream of people at the concession stands so that tenant while it will not it will have a lower per screen average will essentially be the only movie only game in town in th- only game in town for like at least a couple of weeks and if Mulan or Wonder Woman moves away from August then it will be the only game in town for 3 or 4 weeks and it will just be constant in constant rotation. And so it will whatever it could have made, whatever it would, would normally have made in an opening weekend, it will make over the course of a couple of weeks. But it will essentially, as you say, be the only game in town. So if people want to go to the movies and see something on the big screen. Tenet is going to be it. Now, here's the, th- here's the story, I, too. That's though. what I understand. And you know what? That actually makes uh, makes perfect sense to me as a business plan. I think it makes perfect sense. I think it's a really smart play. And as you were saying earlier, as far as Mulan and Wonder Woman, even those, by the time they're released, because it's not same day, they're like a couple weeks later. Um, oh, no, they're both in August. The damage yeah. the damage will be done. You've already brought in your lion's share of money at that point. And even if you bring those in, you still, what, you're going to have six screens at every theater or every megaplex? So... That's that's now that is a very fascinating and whoever came up with that idea, it's very intelligent. And and I think it was Nolan. I think it was Nolan working with Paramount. That's my understanding is that Nolan said, I don't this is not going to I'm not going to release this movie on uh, on VOD. That this is a big screen movie. Yeah. My movies are big screen and movies. That, it makes sense. And that's how I want it to be seen. Yeah. And he is one of the only guys in Hollywood who has the power. Look, I may not like him as a filmmaker. I may think he's overrated, yeah, but there's no denying his power. And there's, there's no denying no his denying power. He taste. makes movies. He there's <laughs> there there's no denying the fact that even his shitty movies like Interstellar make an enormous amount of money. Right. And 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 so therefore he's the guy. Until he has a flop, there's people are you know he can do whatever he wants. And if he says this is what I want, and the theaters are open, if AMC opens up its theaters and says okay, we're going to allow twenty people in per screen per show. And but we're going to show the movie on every screen every couple of hours. Then and if you're one of the, if you're one of the exhibitors like Cinemark or AMC, why wouldn't you? This gives you of course this gives you the easiest way to ease back into it by having a completely controlled environment with low numbers of people coming in, separate theaters, whatever new protocols you're going to be going through to clean theaters. This gives you that ability to ease into that. Um, I, I concur. I would say you and I just last week said we thought it was a far cry from this being possible to come in theaters. I'm, I will tell you, I'm turning a 180 on that. I think this probably is going to happen. Me too. I think this is going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. It's yeah. 100%. From what I heard from my friend last night, it is absolutely 100% going to happen. And because it's, as you put it, the, it's the only game in town, they will have the freedom to spread people out and say, okay, only every fourth seat are we, and every other row are we selling seats. And I will so tell you this, seat- if this is July, which gives me the whole month of June again, I will be mask mask on face, gloves on, I will be in the theater for this opening day. I will too. Yeah. I will too. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Totally agree. Without a doubt. 
Guess what? Neil I look Turitz. forward to being able to complain. I look forward to being able to complain, being able to complain about it on this very podcast. Um, yeah. I, oh, dude, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Um, hey, Neil. Lori Laughlin's yes. going to jail, baby. I know. We called it. We said there's no way she's not going to the big house, the old gray bar hotel. She, uh, and sure enough, she, sure enough, she's spending time in the Hooskow. Her and her husband together. Now, here's where I kind of like, really, her and her husband together are paying what I considered kind of minimal fines, um, considering all the trouble they've put everybody through. She's been, uh, they were very adamant, I guess, with this plea bargain to give them some prison time. She got two months. Her husband got five months because he has a couple other charges on his thing that she doesn't. Um, as we know, though, uh, Felicity Huffman got like one month and served, what was it, 11 days? Something like so that, yeah. So more than likely, her two months is going to be about two and a half weeks. His five months will probably be a month. Um, but either way, they're going to see the clink. Um, the government won in this case. Um, so anyway, justice has justice been served, Neil Turrets? Well, I mean, I would have liked to have seen them go away a little bit longer just for pure comedy value, but I can live with this, yes. Tom Hanks, uh, his submarine movie Greyhound is going to skip theaters, go directly to Apple Plus. I found this interesting. I did too. I thought that this would, I thought this would have been something where they would hold out um, and uh, I thought and it'd be Oscar try bait to keep for it in him. the theaters. Yeah. Well, but the thing is, though, is it still can be. Oh, it, yeah. It still can be. Because of the way they've changed the rules, which, as I think we agree, the rules now that they've changed briefly are never going back. Never, never going back. It's never that, that once now that the door is open for streamers and you don't have to go to theaters. I think that that's that one time exclusion is going to end up being permanent. But I actually look, you know what? I mean, I think that probably more people will see it. Although the question is, how many people have Apple Plus? Well, there you go. The one. Yeah. The thing I'll say is that this I think you'll agree with me on this, Neil, that this was definitely something that was meant for awards. And make no oh, mistake, hundred percent. Make no totally. mistake, this was going to be a tentpole release. They were releasing this to be it, wide. Um, oh yeah. Apple Plus moving in here is them saying, "Hey, we're still in these streaming wars." So it's interesting on that part that they picked up. This was a high-profile movie. Make no mistake, this wasn't like a Lovebirds or anything. This was a high-profile movie. Yeah, yeah. So uh, speaking of Apple Plus, by the way, yeah. are we finally doing the banker next week? Uh, we have currently on our agenda. Thanks for derailing me. Um, next week, we have The Banker and the High Note. Yay! Hey! Well, it's actually, this was a much better segue than New Orleans to New York, L.A. Because Nick's, you mentioned Apple yeah. Plus, and I said, by the way, you know. It sure was, Neil Turrets. It sure was. <laughs> what is, you You keep saying my full name today. I enjoy it. What is up with that? I enjoy it. <laughs> it's is not it, a usual thing like today, especially. Joe Rogan <laughs> That's true. is bringing his podcast to Spotify. Um, this one's fascinating. Are you a regular listener? Of Joe Are you Rogan? a regular listener? For, yeah. Now, here's the deal with Joe Rogan. Uh, if he gets good guests, it's great. His podcasts, unfortunately, are like three hours. So if it's someone I don't know or have no interest in, I pass on it. Just because it's way too much time for me to contribute. But if it is a good guest or it's someone I enjoy, yeah, I'll listen to that thing in entirety. Um, I, I, I have listened to Joe Rogan exactly once when you sent around the guy who was the epidemiologist. Right. When this whole thing started. I listened to that and it was fascinating. Meanwhile, if you want a fascinating and very emotional listen, go to Mark Marin. Uh, what the fuck? The WTF with Mark Marin oh, and his- listen to his... His tribute to Lynn Shelton. It's miserably sad, though. Ha- it's heartbreaking. Yeah. But it is also really, really beautiful. 
Well, it is. I mean, and it and it's funny too because at the end of it, he introduces it and then comes in at the end. And the the when the 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 podcast, the interview he did with her in August of 2015 is the first time they met, and you can hear them falling for each other. On the, you can hear them connecting, and he says at the end, he says, "Did you hear it? Did you hear us connecting?" And you can totally hear the two of them vibing each other, and they ended up together. And it's a, just a, it's a shame because she was. So, I mean, we didn't talk about it last week just because it had just happened literally while we were on the while we were recording. Um, but I actually was a big Lynn Shelton fan. I'm a big Lynn Shelton fan, and she just was a very talented director. It's a shame that what happened, but. But it's really incredible listening to him talk about her. So if any of you guys are like right at the edge of the cliff and need something to really push you over to kill yourself, listen to the Mark Maron podcast because it's a real. I disagree completely. Up, I disagree completely. It's very upbeat. I, it's hard. It's but no, no, no. But it's also incredibly heartwarming for, because he talks about their love for each other. If and you've already seen the, the road that, and Sophie's Choice, this is for you. Oh no, 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 no. Um, no, I disagree completely. This is a really beautiful. It's heartbreaking. Because he just lost the love of his life. Yeah. But it is just it's like, genuinely, it's, it's like also very, it's also, it's also beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's beautiful to listen to him talk about her sure and is. what she did for him. Like, this is such a cranky guy. And he says, she taught me that I could actually be loved. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's incredible to listen to. Everybody, Neil Turris just said, this is from a cranky guy. Uh, so back to Joe Rogan, which was the. Well, not the, me, Mark Merritt. No, I, I know that was the. Anyway. Um. So back to Joe Rogan going to, to Spotify. The big thing here that I've been reading on Spotify lately is Spotify, basically all of their income so far dealing with music strictly, two thirds of that music has to go to the companies for the rights to the music, right? Yeah. So they're, yeah, publishing companies, they're yeah. getting has not been that great. And so what they're doing now is they've been spending heavily. Like they, they brought in Bill Simmons, the ringer. They're bringing in a lot more uh, podcasts because they still charge advertising. You know, they still have advertising on these podcasts. So they're still bringing in right. ad revenue, but they're bringing in podcasts because podcasts, they get the whole pie. They don't have to share anything. So right. they pay Joe Rogan. They bring that whole, by the way, Joe Rogan, uh, the number two listened to podcast, I think on the planet. So you bring all those What's people. Uh, it's like some barstool sports thing they said, which it's weird. I've never even heard of it, but, um, and- but they're and they brought in the ringer, which is a lot of listeners too. And they're they're starting to basically their new strategy because podcasting uh, they can control all the rights for, bring in all the revenue, hundred um, percent, is to start bringing in podcasting and make that kind of their. Remember how Netflix shift from DVDs to streaming? This is kind of I do remember that. This is Spotify's jump to pivot there to bring in a new That's source of revenue. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all works out. So Barstool is number one. Joe Rogan's number two. Do you know who number three is? Marin's got to be up there. I was going to say us. Uh, no. <laughs> I, I, Marin, here's the deal. Rogan before this made like 60 million a year. Marin makes like 22 million a year. So we're probably, really? we're probably somewhere in the middle there, Neil. Um, <laughs> Mark Marin makes 22 million a year from his podcast? Yeah, something like that. At one point, dude, at wow. one point two years ago, he had hit number one. He fell off of it, but... Yeah, when you're the most listened to podcast in the the universe. Also, remember, Joe Rogan was one of the – him and Kevin Smith were like the godfathers of podcast. Yeah. They were the first yeah, two. Yeah, uh, K-Rock potentially going out of business. Um, I, for those of you that's that haven't an, lived in Los Angeles, middle America won't yeah, give a shit LA about thing. this. But that has been the – K-Rock, everything you guys listened to, everything that went to MTV in the 70s and 80s, K-Rock was the one who brought it in first. And then that made it popular. This has been one of the cultural needles, whether you knew it or not, of our 
of everything we've listened to in terms of rock and roll or pop music. Uh, to see it completely fall away due to bad business decisions is is pretty sad. I'm not even sure what I would compare it to. Um, Rodney B, really? Got to mow the yard now? Can you hear that? No. Oh, good. Um, sure, hope they can. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's going to be a really sad like, day the when there's no... Yeah, the fucking mower guy is just right outside my window, and it's great. Um... Issei Morales is replacing Nicholas Holt as the villain in Mission Impossible 7. What do you think of that? I, I, well, look, I, I'm on record as being a big fan of Nicholas Holt. Same here. But I also, I also am a big fan of Isai Morales. I am and too, but I kind of feel like he's had his day and he just played the villain in Ozark. It's like Nicholas Holt, I, I thought, could have really sank his teeth into this. But Ozark against a Mission Impossible movie? Come on. I mean, I, 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 how do you can you say Isai Morales has had his day? He's been around for 30 plus years. He's had his day. He's been around for 30 years. Nicholas Holt, new fresh blood. I still like the idea. Right. I mean, look, basically, this is we're going to see a lot of this where people are dropping out of projects because they're bumping up because delays have bunched, pushed them up against other projects. Uh, and it's a shame because I would have loved to have seen I would have loved to have seen um, uh, Holt face off against Tom Cruise. But Isai Morales is, I, I like that. I like that casting. Neil Turret, Zack Snyder is going to release the Snyder Cut of Justice League on HBO Max this is the big topic we want to talk about. Well, I, uh, I, I just had this conversation with somebody on Tuesday. Yep. I have a couple of very good friends who work way high up the ladder at Warner Brothers. And they had been saying, and I also know somebody who has, uh, who's very good friends with Joss Whedon. And everybody told me the same thing, which is the Snyder Cut doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, no. There is no I've such thing that. as a Snyder Cut. Right. Right. And you and I have talked about yes. this. Is the Snyder Cut does not exist. There was some pre-viz stuff. There was some, but there were, you know, but there was never a finished cut of his movie. He basically, I'm going to reveal something here that might be out of bounds, but I don't care because I'm not a Zack Snyder fan. And I think he's, I, I, I have no, a very low opinion of him. But this is the truth. He was fired from Justice League. He didn't leave because his stepdaughter committed suicide. He used that as an excuse to gracefully step aside. He begged Warner Brothers to let him finish shooting and let him finish his cut of the movie. And Warner Brothers said no, because it was a mess. It was unwatchable and they were behind and over budget and all this other stuff. So they turned to Joss Whedon, who apparently wrote something like 80 pages of new material and turned what was a shit show, a spectacular, unwatchable shit show into just a standard kind of mediocre shit show that was not any good, but could have been way, way worse. And Zack Snyder, for whatever reason, has this this cabal of incredible fanboy worshipers yeah. who, for whatever reason, think that he's a brilliant filmmaker. He is not. He is a good visual stylist who does not understand how to tell a story in any way, shape or form. And I don't understand his continued appeal. And this, they whined and cried. And he, being the self-serving, self-publicizing narcissist that he is, kept pushing the Snyder Cut, the Snyder Cut, the Snyder Cut. And he kept putting stuff out there to keep himself in the public vein, in the public eye. And he kept spurring his fans to push, push, push. And everything I'd heard was... This is never going to happen. There's nothing to show. But ultimately, what they realized was, well, there's a way to make a small investment to finish it and get people to sign up for HBO Max. So let's do that. And that's essentially what it was. 
Yeah, well, I was going to say, the HBO Max part of it makes total sense because right now everyone's planting their flags in the sand to try and declare their ground in the streaming wars. I've heard similar things to what you heard, is that there was no definitive cut, that there was different scenes, different footage, completely unfinished, uh, pre-res, all kinds of stuff that, like, you know, and I've worked on stuff with, I worked on, I saw the first assembly cut when I worked on Doom, not a good movie by any means, but I've seen a pre-res thing when you're using wire work and all that and how rough it is before you use the special effects. Um, the budget they say they're putting on this to actually create it, they're saying between 20 and 30 million. I don't know how you're going to do all of the effects necessary for a film like this for 20 Effects years. and sound. Effects and sound. Yeah. And they're talking about maybe trying to shoot some additional footage, well, which is crazy. There's been different me. stuff on that. The thing I heard was they're going to do, they were going to bring in uh, voiceover work. And the reason is because essentially you can record that anywhere and just send in the file so they don't actually require the talent to, to show up. Um, yeah. But again, a lot of weird stuff on this one. I'm not sure. I'm very curious to see what we actually see from this. Or when it's even going to be released. Um, well, it'll be sometime next year in 2021 is what I read. And they're talking about putting out something where it's maybe four hour episodes. Or six. And yes. turning it in. A four hour movie or, or six one hour in, episodes. Yeah. Right. Or turning. Right. And turning and turning it into some kind of miniseries that the fanboys will come all over and get all worked up about. Well, but, but I that think is that a that huge just, red flag when they're like, oh, hey, the Snyder Cut's coming. It's four. That means no, that wasn't the Snyder Cut. No cut of a movie was going to be four fucking hours. Or six That's right. hours. And no cut. But the thing is, is that people kept saying, oh, my God, it exists. It exists. It never. This only proves that the Snyder cut never existed. He never had a final cut. He never had his cut of the movie because he never finished it. I agree. There were huge gaps. And by the way, it's. I'm sorry. I, I hate to correct you on the air, but it's pre-vis. You're, pre-visual. You're pre-vis. And that's basically. That's true. I am. But it's basically, you know, it's the stuff that they design ahead of time in the computer and say it's going to look something like this. So it's rudimentary effects that don't, you know, that don't actually his, uh, don't look. They're not watchable for, for a regular audience. His story in the Hollywood Reporter article is that when he left the production, he took a hard drive home, which had the movie on it. I, That's horseshit. I am completely... Uh, I have on very good authority that there is still a significant chunk of film that had yet to even be shot. That's true. So he's so lying. For him, true. That, what you said is true. For he is him lying. to Zach say Snyder that he took the hard drive with his entire cut home, I find from my sources to be a completely impossible story, particularly because of talking to this person back when they were shooting it. Because there was a big panic at Warner Brothers because they were like, we haven't shot a third of the movie yet and he's gone and they're trying to figure what to do. So for him to now say he took the hard drive home with the whole film, I can just tell you uh, on good authority that cannot be true. And I'm telling you, it is a lie. Yeah, it is a full on 100 percent total falsehood. It is not true in any stretch, in any in, in any sense of the word. It is a it is a complete fabrication. So that is our take on the Snyder Cut. We'll cover that uh, more yes. as we hear more. Secret Marvel movie coming from Sony. Neil Turrets. Figure this would get you very excited. Marvel movie. Well, I don't love the the, the Sony Marvel movies as much. There's two Spider Man movies are good. I don't really care about uh, the one that's coming out with Jared Leto. Um, oh, I think it looks you know, horrible. I did not. I, I looks you know. I I was not a fan of the Venom movie. 
which was a piece of shit. But so, you know, a, I mean... Made a fortune. I agree with you. I saw that opening made night. Made a fortune. I thought it was horrible, and it made a billion dollars. Um, made a lot of money. Don't Wasn't a fan. This one is coming from director S.J. Clarkson. She uh, She's done a lot of TV, like Banshee, Bates Motel, Succession. She was actually lined up to direct one of the next Star Trek movies before it got shelved. And she's been on the short list. Oh, yeah, list. yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 sure. She's been on the short list at a lot of studios to direct tent poles for a while now. This is going to be... Sony has a big initiative with their Marvel properties to create the first female-centric movie from their catalog yeah. of characters. Um, inside sources, this is not confirmed, say this will be Madam Web, um, who's not a necessarily very thrilling character, so they must be tying other characters no. in. But I will say this. Sony has done a good job, though, of bringing other characters into their franchises to kind of get the most out of it. So, I don't know. We'll see. I know a lot of people are excited to see what S.J. Clarkson can bring to the table, so that, that could be I cool. Actually, I actually, I, I am. I think that she's a talented director. Yeah. Um, all right. You ready to jump into it? Uh, did we cover everything? We covered close to Oh, Legally Blonde 3 is going to be moving forward with Mindy Kaling and Dan Gore writing. They're the team that brought everybody uh, the Mindy Project. Um, I will say that yeah. I saw Never Have I Ever, which is a new show on Netflix that Mindy Kaling oversaw. I thought that was Oh, she did oversee that? Fantastic. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm that's on my list to watch this week. So by the time we record next week, I will have watched Never Have I Ever, and we can talk about it. Okay. If, but it would be, you know what would be great is if you watch Pose, so we can talk about that mm. too, season one of Pose. What's your thoughts on uh, Batman, uh, Bat, Bat, uh, I can't talk today, Batwoman's Ruby Rose. She bowed out of the series before the second season. I knew there was something else I wanted to talk about. Um, I think this is fascinating. She realized that she did not want to be there and apparently made life miserable for everybody on set. Uh, oh, really? She had I didn't some know kind that part. Of, oh, yeah, yeah. She she basically, she had some kind of injury that um, made life very difficult for her. She did not love being the lead of a TV show for 22 episodes, felt she was a poor fit. And once things got rolling and she realized she was trapped and she was stuck for the whole season, she really that that, that apparently was not a fun set to be around. Huh. Uh, so when she said, I think maybe I should move on, apparently the CW said, oh, you know what, Ruby, don't let the door bump you in that. Uh, but don't let the door bump hit you with the good Lord split you. Hey, don't and, pee on my back and tell me it's and raining. Tell you it's raining. Yes. And uh, so I'm interested to see who they bring in to replace her. Although I won't watch because I watched about the first half dozen episodes and I said, you know what? I don't care about this. And I stopped watching. I've never watched any of these like CW type shows. Oh, The Flash is great. The first few seasons of Arrow were really good. And The Flash is very entertaining. There you have it, folks. The Flash yep, is entertaining. Arrow also sure entertaining. Has it really yep. been 10 years, Neil Turrets? The fourth trip film, and maybe the last... Find Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon retracing the path of Odysseus as they continue to eat, drink, and be quippy in Michael Winterbottom's The Trip to Greece. Service. This is the fourth time we've been on one of these little jaunts. We're retracing the, the steps of Odysseus. Greeks were camped here ten years. I can do a week tops with a pillow. I won't camp without a pillow. It's a shame we're getting the ferry. I would like to stay in the hotel lesbian. Come, come, Mr. Bond. You like staying in the hotel lesbian just as much as I do. If I can get my head down in the lesbian, I'm <laughs> more than happy. Come on. What do you mean, come on? Oh, that's convenient. Hello. I look better as I get older. Yeah. Lots of women well, say I'm that. Well, I'm a man who's going to say it as well. I'm saying it. You look better older. Oh, thank you. 
you were unpalatable as a young man. We've not got much time left. You're going to miss me. It can be exhausting. Good God, you should meet you. I could do that. You could not. Let me swim to the sirens. OK, you win. I best with my shoulder. If you died, I would gladly try and resuscitate you. Are you waving goodbye to me? If we're all Greek actors, right, I'll stab you. That'll come easy. <laughs> How about you do a, a sponsored silence now for charity? For 97 minutes, you forget what a self-regarding arse Coogan is in real life. My takeaway from that is he thinks I'm a brilliant actor. That's what you take away from yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't know how anyone watches these movies and is not completely charmed from start to finish. The two of them have such great chemistry, they are so funny, and they play off each other so well that it's a shame this is the last one. I just I found this terrific. I hope it's not terrific. the last one. I really they hope say it's, the la- it's not They the say last it's the last one, one but I, they also said, you know what, if we come up with another idea, we'll do another one. But basically, my six-word review is 100 minutes... Uh, delightfully well spent. I think, it's just oh, from go on. St- start to finish. It's just terrific. I laughed out loud throughout the movie. I I too laughed out loud throughout the movie. I thought this was better than the trip to Spain. Um, I agree. This might be after the first one. I think this might be the best say, one. I the first trip, to say the same thing. The, agree. The trip, the first one, is so unbelievably funny and clever, and just kind of out of nowhere. It's like, what the hell am I watching? And it is brilliant. The other two, the trip to Italy and the trip to Spain, are both very, very good. I think this one is probably the second best one. I was surprised because I kind of expected the series to, up until now, the series had kind of like gone one, two, I would probably put them in that order, one, two, and three. This one I expected to be, okay, maybe they've run it into the ground. This one, they brought back everything. And I'm like, keep it fucking yeah. going. Um, yeah. I laughed throughout the whole thing. The way that they openly tell you in the very first scene, this is what we're doing, we're going through the thing of Odysseus, but then the way that they bring all of like kind of the adventures of, of Odysseus to the table, um, yeah. from the sirens to everything else, um, which we've kind of seen before when the Coen brothers did where, uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, which was a, a similar framing, but this here, them bringing back new, uh, new caricatures, new impressions, um, everything about it. Plus, I will say this: even if they weren't funny, this is one of those travel shows. Almost, you could watch just for the scenery. It's so beautiful because it's so oh my gorgeous. God, it's, all this stuff. It's gorgeous. All it did is make me want to Google like Greece and start planning my own trip. Um, don't watch this movie hungry going in because it'll make you yeah. starve with all the it'll the, make you hungry. The plates you're gonna there see. There is a bit. There are several bits. There are a bunch of different things that are just really, really funny. But there's one especially where Rob Brydon is there's two there are two one is when they're when rob bryden is talking about steve coogan steve coogan to steve coogan and they're walking into this thing and they keep coming up with the ways that they're going to describe describe steve coogan and his comedy and rob bryden they're describing each other as their i mean i can't i can't recreate it but the two of them are kind of arguing bickering about and correcting each other to the point where, like, maybe I think it's Rob Brydon is talking about Steve Coogan at Steve Coogan's funeral. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And and Coogan keeps correcting him, and then Bryden corrects, and they go back and forth. That is unbelievable. And then when Bryden does an interview between him and Coogan, but he does both sides of it, and he does his voice, and then he does an impression of Coogan. 
And Coogan is laughing so hard that yes. he can't stop. And I also <laughs> was just on the floor because Bryden is doing both sides of the interview and it's crushing. It is so unbelievably hysterically funny. And I just was, I mean, I was just laughing hysterically. It's just so clever, so much fun. And the two of them clearly love each other so much. And it's just a delight to watch. It's just, it's, it's, you, you know, if you want something, it's it, this is one of those things where last week I was forced to spend ten bucks on to to watch pay per view uh, Capone, right? And I was miserable. I was like, "Well, that's fucking ten dollars. I'm never getting back. That's just horribly well spent, terribly spent." This is seven dollars. Absolutely, it's worth your time. It is worth every penny. One hundred percent, rent it. You will enjoy. I, I guarantee. The first thing I ever saw with Coogan was 24-Hour Party People, also directed by Winterbottom. I love that movie. And I love that movie. All I can say is this is the director that knows how to get the best out of him. You know, like this is – that's strong directing and he knows his actor and and, uh, and he may function even as a muse, but like he knows how to get the most out of him. I completely agree with you 100 percent. This movie is on my top of the year list for sure. Um, Without question. Again, I love this whole series. If you haven't seen this whole series, that would be a good all-day watch on a rainy day. Um, yeah. Very much in the same way like the before Sunrise films or, or anything like that. But it's this one, I, I think I was just blown away at how much better it was than even the previous two. And those are good movies. Um, those are both really good movies. Yeah. This is kind of like when Fast and Furious 5 came out or the, uh, you know, the fourth Mission Impossible. Yeah. And you're like, wow, we're at the we're this far deep and we're getting better. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to laugh at the Fast and Furious reference, but with Mission Impossible 4, you saved it. Um, but it's fantastic, yeah. And it is VOD right now, so you got to spend six bucks, but it's so worth it. It's such a good time. T- yeah, I cannot recommend it more highly. These are two guys at the top of their game, and uh, and it's just a pleasure to watch it. It is fucking funny. If only for the impressions. It's hilarious. It's so good. And they, and they run the gamut. Like, they do impressions of all these people... Americans and British throughout and it's just they fall right into them and they do the dueling impressions consist throughout it's just it's it's absolutely a terrific watch yeah so this week I would say two thumbs down on the lovebirds two thumbs up big thumbs up for the trip way, to way, Greece way yeah Neil Turrets yeah. where can they find you well, Ryan Beeman, um, I am. I remain on Instagram at uh, Six Word Reviews, the number Six Word Reviews. Uh, Facebook spelled out S I X Six Word Reviews. You can email to us at unduly noted podcast at gmail.com. Next week, guaranteed one hundred percent, we are having viewer lis- listener mail. Even if none of you write in, because I will fucking make stuff up if we if we don't get anything. Uh, and you can tweet to us at unduly noted PC at uh, yeah at unduly noted PC. I like Ryan? I like that you say that as if all the viewer mails have been real so far. Uh, the Ryan Beamer twenty three. Some on of them Twitter. have. Some of them You've have. You've got Beeman on Instagram. Uh, you can find us at our Facebook page for unduly noted. Uh, just pretty much Google Unduly Noted and look for whatever you're looking for and hopefully you can find us. Um, hey, are we also are we on YouTube and stuff now? We're we're, we're working on it. Oh, we are. Yeah. Okay. There's a there's a particular software issue. Um, ah, got it. But anyway, we're we will there. soon be we will soon be multi, more multimedia as well. Still, you should tell your grandparents and all your friends and that one cousin you don't like very much to listen to our podcast. And um, especially him. And that's it. Until then, we'll. Uh, <laughs> thanks to thanks to Brian Hoday, yeah, uh, our producer and editor and all around MVP. Thanks to Stuart Winter and Joseph Saba from Video Helper for our intro and exit music. Thanks to you for listening, as always. 
and until next week when we return have a great Memorial Day although by the time you hear this Memorial Day will have passed but still until then he is Ryan Beeman and I'm Neil Turrets and this has been Unduly Noted Drive fast and take chances we'll see you next week